Hi, welcome to Operation Hustle. This is a podcast hosted by Abs Fitness. And uh, today we're going to be basically talking with Mike here. What up? All right. And we're going to be talking about two topics. So topic number one is basically seizing the moment. And topic number two is going to be how to develop the skills necessary to seize the moment. So, uh, you know, I want to open up with uh, with Mike over here. I want to ask you, do you have like a specific moment that comes to mind when I talk about seizing the moment? Um, so probably I would have to say if I was going to really pick one, um, it would be back when I played soccer, which was many, many years ago. Um, <clears throat> we were playing in a tournament and it was a constant back and forth between our team and another. And I just remember it was just one of those moments where I was always the person that was the playmaker. I could see the field better than a lot of other players on my team. So I was normally the one pushing the ball, but nobody had the instinct to, to get in that game, particularly the finish. Um, so against my better judgment, instead of, you know, I played a little more selfishly and I'm not advocating for selfishness, but I played what I thought was going to make a difference. And I ended up making a play that ended up breaking the zero zero draw that we were at at the time. And we ended up winning like three nothing after that point because at that point everybody else opened up. But that was a moment where I had a choice: do I pass the ball or do I take it myself? And that was the moment that I remember. I said, "No, I'm going to take it myself." And I seized that moment. I ended up scoring, and then that, like I said, that opened up for us to end up winning. And I hate to always use a sports metaphor because I feel like they're kind of overused. But that is probably one like prime example I can think of right off the top of my head where I had to seize a moment um, in my life, and it was like a split second decision. Yeah, was that was that like one of the the first? large moments in which like you felt like you you succeeded and you did uh what you needed to do within a a moment of time i think it was i think that was the first time um i think that was the first time i could recognize myself as a leader i always saw myself as somebody who was who did well um i never recognized myself as a leader and it was at that point i recognized because even though i was told that by a lot of coaches um growing up that you know you are a natural leader in a team that was a moment where I saw myself as a leader where I was like, okay, I did take the charge on this and I did end up leading so that that moment would happen. So that was like the first time I saw myself in that role. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting because you do have like these really decisive moments um, and they come across so much more intense when you actually act um, in accordance with like, you know, the the proper outcome or the outcome that you would like to, to make happen. You act in the right way and it happens and you get to see it come to fruition. You right. know, it's really intense when it happens in those split second decision moments. But also there are some long haul moments that a lot of people um, don't necessarily see the full impact of until they reach like the, the end of the trail. So do you right. feel like you have any like long haul um, goals that, you know, you didn't realize how big they were or how accomplished you would feel uh, until you actually hit that, that like breakthrough moment? I, I would actually say this year. Um, so I started this year. I, I it was really, I'll, I'm going to try not to make this a super long exposition, but um, last year I turned 30 in October and I don't, it was right at my 30th birthday. I don't know. I'm not saying that 30 is old, but I suddenly kind of realized I'm like, it's like, it's a weird transition from 29 to 30 because you're no longer saying you're in your twenties. Um, and I just realized like I wasn't taking care of myself and I was like, I need to do something about it. So I basically made my mind up that when I started this year, I was not only gonna, it wasn't a diet. It wasn't, I was going to do this. It was, I need to change my overall lifestyle. Um, and that was my goal. And I think the, you know, I always saw like, 
I'm going to be able to hit certain milestones. I'll be able to lose weight. But I don't think I realized just how much it was going to entail, not only from a physical standpoint, but kind of like a mind, like my mental standpoint. Um, like the days that I have, like the past two weeks, I've had to fight myself to keep up with my goals as far as working out because I'm just so tired. Um, I think that's one that I've, I've had a long haul, especially cause it's, we're almost at month 10 of me doing this. And I'm realizing like, it's not as easy as I thought it was. I didn't think it was easy to start with, but it's much more difficult than I expected it to be. Even after having nine months of built up habits, um, I can't think of another word for habits, um, but nine months of like that foundation. And now I'm like, it's becoming a mental struggle now to keep up with that same, like not ritual, but that if you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think I understand what you're saying. And I actually just heard um, someone speaking about uh, they were they were basically interviewing a lot of the world's top level coaches whenever it came to uh, Olympic athletes specifically. And they were asking him, he's like, so what do you think is, is the big difference between these super, super high level Olympic competitors um, and the athletes that don't quite make the cut? And he said that overall, at the end of the day, the training can get so repetitive and just so just monotonous all the time mm-hmm. that you have to be able to endure the boredom. So yeah. it's like you have to have a, a strong enough why that compels you through that level of boredom. So, I mean, I think if you could apply that to your own life, I think it like it just has insanely, let's say, good benefits because uh, I kind of see it in my own way, um, you know, fighting mixed martial arts. It's so repetitive when you want to learn a very specific technique and you want to learn how to do it like perfectly right. where they're not going to be able to see it. It's not you're not going to telegraphic. It's going to be fast, but it's also going to be smooth. Um, and, you know, you got to have that timing, that like split second timing. Um, and it's just so intense trying to develop that skill. But it's like intense in very small increments. Yeah. Every single day. And I think I think um, what's what's funny is um, I realized the, the rut I was getting into because um, I spent literally a week and a half constantly going, I'm way too tired to do this. And I realized it wasn't because I was tired. I could always find the energy to go work out and go do what I need to do. That was never the issue. It was, I was getting bored. So thankfully I work with a trainer, which she's not going to see this, but I literally am going to see her in not just under four hours. And I text her because I did this last time I got into a rut like this. I said, listen, I won't use this language, but I need you to whoop my butt in my session. Like straight up, I need you to, because basically I need a new challenge. I need to feel challenged again. And that's what mm-hmm. was happening. I wasn't feeling challenged in that routine. So it was becoming bored. And I'm like, okay, my personality type is once I realize I am I can be decent to good at something, I kind of lose interest in it because I've kind of felt like I've kind of conquered that goal. So that's the one perk to having the trainer I'm working with is she will, now she's going to put me through the ringer tonight. And I know she will because I did this last time and Basically, she looked at me and she's like, are you dead? And I was like, no, but I'm close to it. Mm. So that, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, though. It's the monotonous, that boredom can start to ring in and it kind of just wears on you because you're doing the same things over and over. You know, you're doing the same workouts over and over. You can change them up a little bit, but still you're doing the same things. And for me, um, I think I also hit, I had an annual, I had my year goal to lose 50 pounds, which I hit two weeks ago. And that was where I was like, I kind of was like, I hit the goal. Now what? And that was why I felt also why I was hitting that rut is I'm hitting a routine, but I hit my goal. Now what? Now mm-hmm. where do I go? So I set a new goal and I'm like, all right, now this is where I'm going. And I think that that contributed to that that feeling that I was getting. Yeah. 
I actually think that's awesome because that rolls right into um, one of my notes here, which was actually talking about how I developed a sense of urgency. Now, um, we've gone over your seizing the moment uh, moment. So basically, I'm, I'm just going to delve into a quick story on mine as well. Um, I have the opportunity. I'm lucky enough to uh, spar a lot of really high level Muay Thai fighters. And uh, when it comes down to it, it's like every single night that I'm sparring these guys, it's it, it, it's a competition to see who will seize the moment um, in the right way and, and fast enough and accurately enough to turn the tide whenever it comes to these sparring bouts. Right. Um, and, you know, the loser, of course, goes home with <laughs> all sorts of bruises. I got a, a right. big, like, freaking half-foot-long bruise running right up my thigh right now because, uh, you know, that was a moment where I did not seize the moment. So I got to stay on top of my defense a little better there. But uh, anyways, you know, it's, it's just a compilation of, of seizing small moments. And uh, that's where I kind of had that epiphany while I was at the dog park um, talking about like who has the upper t- upper hand and who um, has the ability to to grab it, hold on to it, and basically drag it out until it turns into success. But uh, you know the the way to develop that is the next question. So it's like, how do you develop the skills necessary to seize the moment? Because a lot of people don't really get that. I mean, everyone wants to seize the moment, but not everyone can do it. So what do you think are skills that people, or what do you think was your process of developing your own skills in order to seize these moments as they came to you? So first thing I'll say is I'm going to relate. The other big part of my life is I'm a drummer. Um, so, and I play at a church locally. So I'll take a lot of my like my cues on what I've done in that, because the one thing I have been told over and over is I always showed up prepared and I was always ready on the fly to do anything if there was a change. Um, One of it is take pride in your preparation. So take pride in, you know, the little things that you're doing, whether from a music standpoint, um, the music that we play is not anything difficult. Let's just put it this way. It's very here. It's not anything crazy up here. It's not anything crazy, but I'll still listen to whatever songs I'm going to be playing for that week, I'll still listen to a song I'm not joking 30 times. If I've played it 100 times in a live setting, I'll still listen to it 30 times to prep the exact same way. Um, So taking pride in your preparation is a big one for me. And I think also is taking pride in your execution. You always want to make sure that when you are executing, whether you're not feeling the greatest, whether you maybe have had an off day, you always want to make sure that um, I've always treated, you know, when I played sports and when I'm, you know, playing drums, I always treated it the same way. I never want to walk away from a field and I never want to walk away from a drum kit feeling like I left anything on the table. I've always wanted to make sure that I left it all right there. Like I let it all out of me. I don't want to walk off the field and feel like I could have done this better. You know, I could have, I, in that moment, I didn't do it and it probably would have made the difference. I have always wanted to leave it all on the field. And I know it's like a it's an old metaphor, leave it all on the field, but it really does make the most sense. You always want to leave it there because you don't want that regret. You don't want to sit there for days going, man, if I had done this, it would have made all the difference in the world. So that to me is you pride in preparation. So whatever you're preparing for, whether it's a workout, whether it's dieting, always take pride in what you're building for because that foundation is what's going to end up holding you up when you have the harder times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely can see that. Um, and honestly, like with my own, um, let's say, preparing to, to be able to seize moments when they do come by, um, I've had to do a lot of, 
preparation myself. And my biggest preparation is, in my opinion, um, I ended up developing my sense of urgency through constant goal progression. So every time I achieved a goal, I realized, you know, you hit this plateau, like you said earlier, you're like, you know, I achieved my weight loss goal. And then I was like, what now? Yeah. So it's like, Every time you have that what now question come to you, it's so awesome because it's an opportunity to find something new to get better at and better yourself through. Um, like recently, I passed a level one test, something that I've been preparing for for a full year. Uh, never mind like the four years of experience that I have in mixed martial arts, but just this past year, I've been preparing for one level one test. Uh, the reason it took so long is I spent six months um, at a gym that just didn't seem to uh, invest the time that I needed or didn't seem to uh, have the curriculum necessary to really help me achieve my next level. Right. Um, so I kind of wasted a, a good six months over there, um, you know, sometimes going to classes where people wouldn't even show up. Um, and so I had to find a, a new place. And then it's like I got to start the whole process over again of, of reintroducing myself to the fighters, to the coaching staff, to getting the trust level uh, that's needed for them to be able to be like, OK, well, we're going to do our level one testing because uh, we think you're a worthy candidate. We think you're going to be a good fit for the team um, because like it's not like, well, most sports are going to have like very selective processes, right. especially when you're like entering into to something where bodily harm can can occur. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just like you have to develop that trust uh, with your trainers and with your coaching staff before they even give you the opportunity to, to join the fight team. So I had to spend another six months doing that. And then it's like all of a sudden the year has passed. I've got my level one test. I just had it like this past Saturday and I passed. Thank you, God. Um, and it was just like this big high and then silence. <laughs> Like, what it, What do you do now? Where Now where do I go? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I basically, I was just like, okay, I'm kind of in this meditative state analyzing what's in front of me and how I'm going to operate within, like, the new parameters. Um, and then I go to my first, you know, sparring session with the team. Um, we complete, like, a workout. We go through sparring drills. And then we go through actual live sparring. Um, and the sparring was just, like, it was so intense. And it was like holy crap, I see like where everything starts to click and all the puzzle pieces are falling together. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I get my butt kicked a, a little bit, but I come back with a vision. And that vision is like, okay, this guy had a long guard. When, he, when I went for a jab, he would normally come in over the top with a hook, like a lead hook, and he'd follow it up with a calf kick. So how do I counter that? So basically I bait the calf kick because sometimes he'll alternate. If I'm dragging or if I'm holding that leg out there, he likes to just kind of chop at it. Um, and then he, when he chops, he also goes in for that lead uh, hook. So what I came up with was basically going to a switch knee. So I'm just going to pull the leg back as he starts to wind up for that kick. And then I'm going to jump right into the switch knee, close in tight because he operates on a long guard. And so he, I know he doesn't want me in tight. And so then I close in tight and I finish up with clinch work from there. So it's been like, you know, finding the new puzzle pieces now that I'm in a, a new, let's say, adventure. And what's funny is you, you were talking about, you know, how to develop a sense of urgency when you're in these moments. And part of what you just said was be flexible. Like be flexible to what's coming at you. Be under like, and part of what I was gonna say is, don't be afraid to say yes to different things. I'm sure in your training, you've had different times where somebody's told you you should try this, and you've got to be able to say yes to that because they're seeing it from a different perspective. So you also have to be flexible. Um, with my job here, if you ask any of my bosses, one of the biggest things I've I've kind of said is, 
whether I'm going to fail at it or not, I've always kind of said yes if I'm asked to do something because at least I can say I tried it and know that it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be another key is make sure that you're being flexible in whatever you're pursuing. Is like you're, There's always going to be little, little changes in the path that you're taking. Just be aware that you have to be flexible in order to continue down that path sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's crucial. You've got to be a student of the game because yeah. if, if you're not a student of the game, you know, you're going to miss out on those tiny details that require the utmost of attention. Uh, to actually discover. And it's that, that little detail that always makes the difference. So yeah. you got to actually pay attention to it um, and understand that you don't know everything. So being humble is a big part of that. And I think the last one that I could probably think of as far as how to have a sense of urgency comes back to drums, which is always make sure that your basics and whatever you're doing are extremely sound. Whether that's with me with drumming was technique, whether it was rudiments, whether it was this, whether with you was fighting. It's the most basic things that you have to understand about a skill or an area that's going to be that foundation, like I mentioned earlier. Um, the basics are what gets people through it. You'll hear coaches in the NFL say, we need to go back to the basics. We're mm -hmm. trying to do too much. We're trying to do too many other things, and the basics are being looked over. And that's where it's always going to come back to is fundamentals. Um, I think that's the big one is always practice those fundamentals, whatever area it is, whether it's working out whether it's for me drumming, whether it's, you know, let me just go really off the cuff, whether it's coding, you know, whatever it is you're working on, always practice those fundamentals because that's what you're always going to fall back on when you are in a moment where you have to have that sense of urgency. And if mm -hmm. those foundations are strong, when you fall back onto them, you're good. Oh, yeah, exactly. And there are like certain key uh, combos, especially within fighting that you fall back on. Yeah. Uh, you know, things that you can kind of mindlessly do in order to get yourself out of a situation. Um, I actually was just sparring the other night and one of the uh, the like three time, four time state champions um, at my gym was actually talking to me. He was like, uh, whenever you get into a situation where you don't quite feel like you know what you're going to do, start throwing straights until you get enough space to where you can open up with a kick. Right. And, uh, you know, I applied that in the next round of sparring and it worked wonders. So it's like, you know, ingrain a, a code like a bailout. Um, and if you can ingrain that properly and if you can ingrain like, let's say, several bailouts for several very um, different situations, then it's like it's all the better because like that preparation of not just what is like what you not just for what you want to happen, but for what you expect to go wrong is also so crucial. Yeah. And I think when you when you practice those basics, when you have a really, really good understanding of that, I think what comes with it is confidence. So when you are challenged in a moment of urgency, when you are challenged in a moment where you have to kind of take the reins really quickly, you have confidence in your ability because you know that those basics are there and you can operate within them. I've been put in situations where I've had less than 24 hours notice to go play a set and somebody's asked me, how did you do so well? Well, I'm confident in my ability to play and I'm confident in my ability to do what I need to do. The rest of it is just being able to roll with the punches from there. Mm -hmm. It's that, that confidence comes when you work on those basics. And when you operate in that confidence, it makes those moments of urgency seem so much easier. Oh, yeah. You are so confident in what you're able to do because those basics are sound in you that most people would look at you and go, how did you just make it through that with such a level head? Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to is, you know, it can be perceived as cockiness sometimes, but really it's just confidence in your own abilities. And that's where the practicing the basics comes in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I think preparation is pretty much everything. So, like, whenever it comes down to it, um, you know, if you're not prepared for the moment, how in the world would you possibly seize it? Right. So, I think that's, like, actually one of the big reasons I decided to become a fighter um, was just because I understood that exposing myself to something that's going to bring out 
one of the highest senses of urgencies is going to require me to adapt uh, within one of the the most urgent levels, I guess. Right. So it pretty much overall just seemed copacetic to the end goal um, that I want in life, which is basically just to have uh, a plethora of experiences which I can draw upon um, to bring about a positive impact in the life of my family and the life of others. Um, so this is like a, a big conquest for me to understand uh, what or who I am in the most of in, most intense situations and who I can prepare to be uh, and how I can prepare to execute in those. So I think it's just like everything kind of coincides. So let me ask you this. I'm normally, so normally for anybody out there watching and listening, I'm normally the one, one of the two people behind the cameras running all the production for this. So it's, it's different being on, on the mic talking today. It's very different. So let me ask you this, cause I'm curious is what we're talking about. If you were talking to one of your clients as a trainer, mm-hmm. what are the top three things you would give them in order for them to be able to have that sense of urgency in their lives? Like, like, if I'm your client, what yeah. would you be telling me right now? So, um, do you feel like you're lacking in a certain area when it comes to your sense of urgency? I know you brought up recently, like you needed your trainer to whoop your butt. Yeah. Um, okay. Do I feel that way? Yes, but that's because, like I said, for me at least, and I, like I said, I was able to recognize I hit a goal, and therefore, like my lack of my urgency was suddenly gone because I hit. Well, I still I still have three months left, but I've already hit my goal. So do I need, do I take my foot off the gas pedal for the for the next three months or mm-hmm. two months, something like that? So I think what it comes down to, whenever people need to understand like the sense of urgency, um, they need probably about three things. I'd say first they need confidence. Most people come in there and they're like, you know, all shy. Like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. oh, do I do it this way or that way? Uh, you need I'm to- not going to use that machine because I have no idea how it works. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You need to like build them up um, and then you kind of need to break them down. Yeah. Because like habits come with their own ego. It almost feels like like you get stuck in a habit. It's like this is where I'm comfortable um, you know, I'm the best here. I'm a small fish or I'm a big fish in a small pond. Right. Um, so it's like, you got to break them out of that. Uh, and it's like the process to do that is first to build them up, push them out into deeper waters, uh, where there are bigger fish and then you have to break them down so you can build them up again. So yeah. the way you break them down is you need, they need to have some sort of, um, of aspect of humbleness. Yeah. So like, that's where the trust factor comes in because, uh, if they can be humble and understand like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing at all, then they can they can trust you enough to lead them through those deeper waters to where they can develop themselves. Right. So it's like confidence, humbleness. Um, so I know those are like two opposing things. Very. All right. And so I'm just going to throw in balance <laughs> because yeah. you need to be able to balance those two things. Well, I don't think they're opposing. I think you, ha- I, I've said this for a lot of years in my life. There's a fine line between being confident and being cocky. Yeah, it's fine. And that's right. where balance it. And that's where that balance comes is understanding that you can be confident without being cocky and you can be cocky without being confident. I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah so I think they can definitely coexist. Yes. Um, but I'd say the balance between the two is kind of where that growth lies because you have to kind of flip flop between being, you know, humble and just and, and understanding when the time is to wait and learn and then being confident enough to act and execute. Right. So it's the development of um, both of those opposing aspects of someone to where they understand when they need to dig deep mm-hmm. um, because they aren't enough as they are 
So they need to dig deeper to grow more. Right. Um, and then balancing that with uh, when you need to, let's say, um, act on that. So for me, like the best way I could equate that for, let's just say somebody that is going to the gym or working with a trainer, I have to be able to be confident that I can do the workouts that my trainer is putting in front of me. But where my humility or my humbleness needs to come in is when she's telling me I'm doing something wrong or how to do something better, I have to be able to go, okay, I understand. She's clearly seeing this or he's clearly seeing something that I'm not seeing. Mm -hmm. And I have to be able to make adjustments to that. And I think that's where the humility comes in is you can't just assume that everything you're doing is right. When another perspective comes in, especially from a constructive standpoint, you have to be able to hear it and understand that they're seeing something you're not. Yeah. So basically you have to be coachable um, and you have to have the confidence to, you know, do the things that you're coached to do right. on your own. Um, and then basically once you find the balance between, uh, Joe Rogan puts it pretty eloquently between your inner bitch and, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your outer savage, then that's when you can, uh, effectively pursue like things in a healthy manner. I definitely agree with that. Well, we're a couple minutes early, but I feel like we kind of hit a natural, like kind of, I think that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, Abby and the rest of the crew should be back next week. Um, they weren't able to hear, but I was actually very humbled to be asked to be on today so i hope i was i hope i was a solid guest that yeah was, no you I, were definitely great thanks for coming on it was, yeah. it was a good podcast well we appreciate you guys being with us today hope you guys oh, yeah. enjoyed it hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and we will be back next friday at 2 p.m est alejandro anything anything to say at the end that's it peace out we out